Good morning, PCA. Happy Palm Sunday. It's time for us to just really celebrate our Jesus today. Amen. Amen. Lord, you are good and you're worthy every bit of the glory and the honor and the praise. We adore you, Lord. You are beautiful. Yes. When we were lost ones, you were the shepherd that carried us home. When we were prodigal,
This world has been crying out for hope, for a hero to save us. We long for the supernatural. But there is only one God who can save the day. So clear the stage and clear the way, because heaven and earth are singing. Glory, hallelujah. Let the whole world see the greatness of our God. In awesome wonder, he reigns forever. We know the greatness of our God. His power is endless. He lives within us. We know the greatness of our
you love him. You are awesome, God. You are worthy. We will glorify your name forever and ever and ever. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you are so faithful to us, God. And I bless your holy name. You are worthy, Lord.
magnify. We bless your holy name. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for what you're going to do in this service today. Yes. Speak to us through pastor. Speak to each of us. Speak to each of us. Change us. Make us more like you today. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Amen. That's my favorite song. I couldn't tell. I screamed so loud I hurt my voice. There's a hallelujah, right? Right in the middle of your ministry, right in the middle of your unbelief, you have to raise the hallelujah. Well, isn't this the best week ever? This is the beginning of Passion Week. Today's Palm Sunday. It's the greatest week in Christendom. This is the time we celebrate Jesus first came as a baby, and then he was raised as a king. And this is our celebration, so I want you to act like you're happy out there. Let me see some smiles. We got nothing but happiness in front of us. Um, just a few things. Uh, we will not have church this Wednesday night. We are going to have practice, so if you aren't involved in the practice, you're going to have to stay home and read the Bible, I guess, because we're not having church this, sun this Wednesday night. Um, we have, uh, this is our time to give. We're going to give in our tithes and offerings. We have lots of ways to give. You can give today in the service. You can give out in the foyer at our kiosk. You can give on our website, pca.com. You can uh, give on the app. If you do not have the app, go to the Play Store or the App Store, download the app, search for PCA Church, answer affirmatively to everything, and you'll have the app. And not only is it good to have the app for giving, but then you'll have the app for all kinds of announcements, like when we're not going to have church. You'll know. And also you can text, there's a text number behind me, you can text PCA Church to that number and you can give that way also. Gentlemen, if you will come. Father, we thank you for this Palm Sunday. We thank you, Lord, for the, for the sacrifice that you made for us. Jesus, you laid away your, your goddom and you went and you got on your human clothes and you went and you got on a cross for us, Lord. And we thank you for that. We thank you for the sacrifice, Lord, that you laid down for us. I pray, God, that you would bless this gift and all the givers. Give it back to them, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Lord, I pray a double portion of anointing on this service this morning. Bless our pastor. Use him, Father, to meet every heart, mind, and soul that's in the sound of his voice, that you may be glorified. And we do all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Hope and pray you had a great week. This week is an awesome week, as Miss Sandy's already said. We have a week of Palm Sunday starting today, then the week of Passion. I pray every day you go to your Bible and you find out what happens each day of the week and follow it throughout this week. And then this Friday night and Saturday night, you do not want to miss this, we're having a presentation of a wonderful Easter production. You want to be here. Uh, we're not live streaming it, so you need to be here in person. So we go ahead and invite some friends and family to come and be a part of this. And so I'm just now realizing that I don't have a pulpit out here. And so I think the guys that were supposed to do that on Palm Sunday did not do that. So if I could have a, a Mr. John, would you come help me for a second? Bring that pulpit out here for me. I would appreciate it. It's uh, right over there. I think they got uh, sidetracked for some reason on Palm Sunday. They go right through this entryway here. And so all of you that are watching live stream, this is real live church service. This is what happens sometimes. But I do want to thank you for being here today. If you're a guest with us, I pray three things happen. Number one, you feel the presence of God. Number two, you feel welcomed. And number three, you got to come back. Because I believe this is one of the greatest churches ever. we got great people who love God with all their heart. And uh, they do an awesome, awesome job. Thank you so much, Mr. John. I appreciate that. And um, if you would, take your Bibles and stand with me today. We're going to get ready for the preaching of the Word. Amen. I love this book right here, don't you? 
take it, lift it up, rattle it just a little bit, get all of hell shook up, we're ready to go, amen? Repeat this after me, thy word is a lamp unto my feet, thy word is a light unto my path, thy word will I hide in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Lord, help me every day to read thy word. Lord, help me every day to live thy word. I love thy word. And dear Lord, help the preacher. Amen. I know with all of you praying for me, it's going to be awesome. I, I got, almost got saved in my own message this week all over again. I tell you what, God is good. And today we are celebrating Palm Sunday. The entrance, I love it, they call it the triumphal entrance of Jesus into the city of Jerusalem. And so today, join with me in this one word. Say it with me. Hosanna. You ready? One, two, three. Hosanna. Oh, you got to be louder than that. You ready? One, two, three. Hosanna. Glory to God. Amen. That's a good word. Hosanna means this. Save, we pray. Help, we pray. So sometimes in your life, maybe this week, you need to just yell out, Hosanna! <laughs> Help me, I'm praying. Save me out of this situation, out of this circumstance, I'm praying. Or maybe you know someone that's not saved, you need to Hosanna on their behalf. God, save them. I'm praying for them. Deliver them out of all of their troubles. Because this word is only used referring to Jesus. Isn't that awesome? Hosanna. In the Old Testament, in the Hebrew, it's Hoshana. Hosanna. Glory to God in the highest. This word is given to this praise of Jesus Christ. I want us to get a good picture of what's going on. Jesus is traveling from the city of Bethany to the city of Jerusalem. And it's important that he has made another trip through Bethany because Bethany is where one of his greatest miracles took place. He had a really his best friend of all these friends. He had a man by the name of Lazarus. You know the story. And Lazarus' sisters loved him very much and they sent word to Jesus saying, Hey Jesus, Lazarus is sick unto death. We need you to come because we know if you speak the word, if you touch him, he will be healed. And we know that Jesus did not re respond quickly. As a matter of fact, he not only waited until he died, he waited until he was dead for four days. There's a reason for that. Because in the law, a person, after only three days dead, if they came back to life, they're going, oh, well, that's just, uh, it didn't fulfill the law. So he really wasn't dead. He was just mostly dead. But after four days, he's dead dead, okay? So Jesus waited four days to fulfill the law, and then he and his disciples come walking into Jerusalem. Some of you are just now getting that reference. You're smiling. You're like, oh, yeah, I know what that was, mostly dead. They come walking into this town called Bethany, and you know the story. Lazarus' sisters meet Jesus and go, where were you? Why didn't you come? Because now he's been dead four days, fulfill the law. There's no hope. There is absolutely no way to give life again. And Jesus looked at them and said this, I am the resurrection. I am life. It doesn't matter how many days. And so he stood at that tomb and said, Lazarus, come forth. And when he spoke those words, all things began to shake up. And the Bible says that Lazarus came 
coming out with grave clothes, still bound him up. And Jesus said, loose him. He's alive. And after that, Jesus even went back to his house and had dinner with he and his sisters. And can you imagine the celebration and the reverberations throughout the city of Bethany? Lazarus, four days he was dead. But Jesus, listen, I heard it. I was there. He stood at the tomb and said that he was the resurrection, that he was the life. And when he spoke Lazarus, you could feel all of the atmosphere changing. And then all of a sudden, things began to happen. And Lazarus, he came out of that grave, still bound up. And they loosed him and all of a sudden there was so much joy and shouting and praise in this family that once was sad beyond all grief now has a brother who's not only standing before them but he is alive after four days can you imagine how the news spread it was amazing Jesus is now coming back through that same town why because he knows what's going to happen these people here, he's coming in Bethany. They gather all in Bethany, all the people from the countryside. They meet him there, but then they know he's on the way to Jerusalem to celebrate all of the feast. And so they go ahead. I love this. They all go ahead of Jesus. They tell everybody in Jerusalem, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming. And they get everybody together and they line the streets of Jerusalem. And they begin to get ready for Jesus to come. I think that's important. I think today we need to get ready for Jesus to come. We need to do all the preparations. They packed up the family, packed up some clothes, packed up some food, said, hey, we've got to prepare. Jesus is coming into Jerusalem, and the city is filled with people for celebrations, and we want to make sure we welcome him. Welcome him. I think churches today have got to welcome the presence of Jesus into that place where they're gathering to worship. And we need to prepare in advance. We can't wait until we get here and hope and pray they sing the right song. We can't get here and hope and pray that just magically everything will fall into place. No, we've got to prepare Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Get ready. Because why? We're going to the house of God. We want to welcome Jesus into our house, into our homes, in our hearts. We want to make sure we're prepared. To shout, Hosanna! He's coming, he's coming. And so the Bible tells us in John chapter 12, verse 12. The next day the great crowd that had come for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. The Bible says a great crowd. Now I want to talk to you about that crowd for just a minute because these were not the crowd of people that most of us think that were there. You see, this great crowd was... People who were come into Jerusalem, not the inhabitants of Jerusalem, but the people who had come to Jerusalem from Bethany, from all the countrysides around. And they were gathered there. They were country people. I love this. I'm from the country. How many from the country? I'm proud of being from the country. They were country people, plain, ordinary people. As a matter of fact, when you look at this, they begin to be called rabble and the common People. These were not rulers of the city. Uh, I've had mayors in my church before, and I, we've had big celebrations, and I've had the mayor of the city come up and present me with keys to the city. This is not that kind of crowd. These are not the leaders of the community, not the mayors, not the ones who are in the high councils. or any. These are just common people who love Jesus. 
These are people that it does not matter about their position. It does not matter about what stature they are in the community because Jesus is not concerned about that. You see, so many times we get hung up on who is in the crowd. Jesus, it says this, He would rather be honored by multitudes of people than by the magnificence of their posture. I love that. It doesn't matter what your magnificent title is in the community. Christ would rather have a multitude of just country, common people praising him. He loves a big crowd. He loves to be praised. The Bible says this, that he's a jealous God. And he doesn't want us worshiping any other gods but him. And so Christ came in to this mob, some would have called it. In our society today, there's no telling what kind, of, what kind of label they would have labeled these people. But they were in that day the rabble, the, the mob of people that came that day. And 1 Corinthians one twenty seven says that he is choosing the weak and the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. If you read on past this, it says all the real leaders of the town, they were like, oh my goodness, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? This is not good. This is not good. These people are all gathered and, and they're wound up. And, and they're, that, matter of fact, these people didn't even come to welcome Jesus. They heard about it and they said, wait a minute, the whole world, wouldn't that be awesome? I love hyperbole and that's what they were, they were, they were thinking in their mind. The whole world is down there celebrating this Christ. Yeah. I wish the whole world was today, don't you? I wish everybody's perception was the whole world is there to worship and say, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. This great crowd did not have the music. They did not have the great trumpeteers lining the streets as when any other king would enter a city. They would line the streets with the trumpeteers and the cymbals and have all the tambourines and the dancers and all the. They didn't have that. These were common people. But what they did have was armor. What they did have was some cloaks on their back. And the Bible tells us that they took those clothings, laid them out in the street, they went around finding some things to worship with, and they welcomed him with the fanfare of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, such as they had. You see, today, we don't need to have the great voice. We don't need to be able to play a great instrument or we don't need to be able to say the greatest oratorical. We need today to come before him and realize we are just common people. Titles mean nothing in his presence. You see, because he's not concerned with our position in this life. He's concerned about our condition in this life. What is your condition, not your position? And I loved it because common people came together and with everything they had, Today, we come into the presence of God and we need to give Him whatever we have. If you cannot sing, He says, hey, I'd rather have a joyful noise than someone who can sing every note perfect. If you may not have much money, you come in. Why? Because you honor Him. You adore Him. We lay our positions, we lay our titles aside because we are nothing but people who love and honor and adore Him. And we worship Him. And so they gathered together palms, it says. Palms. Hmm. This palm is highly significant in Jesus' time. 
Why? Because Cicero proclaimed this. He said, those who have palms signify they have victory, victories. So when a king of a country would have a victory over another country, what he would do is stand with one palm in his hand and declare, I have victoriously defeated the enemy. One palm for one victory. Now imagine the streets lined with people and everybody waving all palms. Can you imagine the victories that this represented to their culture and their society? I'm, I'm reminded of the verse that, that Saul has killed his thousands, but David ten thousands. I got to tell you, some of the leaders had defeated some countries, but Jesus is riding in this town and he has killed, destroyed the enemy time upon time upon time. He is destroyed. They are waving their palms victoriously and declaring, Hosanna! Hosanna! God, we pray, save us. God, we pray, help us. They were declaring of all the victories that he has won. In three years, he had victories over sickness. Aren't you glad for that victory today? He had victory over those who could not walk. He had victories over those who were blind, those who were deaf. The demon possessed, he speaks and the demons fly out. He spoke to those that were hungry and said, I pray over this fish and this bread. And it fed thousands and thousands and they took up 12 basketfuls. He won victory, and you'll love this right now this time, over taxes. Aren't you glad? How are we going to pay our taxes? He said, here, look at this fish. Take the money out and go give it to Caesar. But you make sure whatever image is on there, you give it to Caesar. But whatever image you are, you give that to God. Aren't you glad we're made? in his image today. Imagio, we are in the image of God. And so whatever image we are, that's what we need to give to God today. That's how we need to praise him. Why? He's won all the victories over all these things. And then the last one that he had to conquer was victory over death. He not only stood at Lazarus' tomb and raised him, but we know next Sunday, man, you better walk in here going, I'm not going to get ready. I am ready. Why? Hosanna, Hosanna. He is alive. The tomb is empty. He is is here he is here he is here amen hallelujah we've got to get ready why because I believe Jesus is getting ready to come and we've got to prepare to receive him I'm getting excited Matthew 21 1 through 7 says this as they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage on the Mount of Olives Jesus sent two disciples he said to them go to the village ahead of you and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her coat by her Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet. Say to the daughter Zion, your king comes to you gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the coat and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. This was prophesied. Years, hundreds of years before, that he would enter on a donkey. This is so important because it matters how you have an entrance. If there was a king that was going to declare war on a nation, he would enter riding a white horse. That white horse signified war. When you saw a king coming towards you, and all of a sudden the fanfare of the trumpets and he entered the streets of that city on a white horse. He was declaring war upon the inhabitants of that city. If you saw a king coming in riding in a chariot 
a white horse pulling the chariot. The chariot would be ornate with gold and silver, and the king would be dressed in purple. This signified, I've already declared war on you, and I've already won. And they would wave the palm branch as he rode through the streets in the chariot. But Jesus is not coming on a white horse. Jesus is coming on a donkey. A donkey. Wait a minute. Revelation 19, 13 through 15 tells us this. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood, and his name is the Word of God. The armies of heaven were following him, Ride it, read it with me, riding on white horses, and dressed in fine linen, white and clean, coming out of his mouth as a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with the iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. You see, there is coming a time when Jesus is going to ride a white horse. Not only Jesus, but us. Why? When he's coming back to this earth. We're riding on white horses. Why? He is signifying this is not peace. This is war. He is declaring war upon all those who have not received him, who have not accepted him, but all those who have rejected his name, who have not bowed their knee, who have said there is no God, there is no truth, there is nothing about this. And he says, I am the word of God. And he rides on a white horse and the word, the two-edged sword, is coming out of his mouth against those who have not accepted him. And we, all of us who are alive, we follow. Follow him riding on white horses. Church, I'm telling you, we do not want to wait till that moment to decide whether or not we're on his side or not. We are want to know that when he, he comes this next time, he's not coming like a baby in a manger. He's not coming with a robe of just, I'm going to give you grace and mercy. He's coming with a robe wrapped around him that said he is the judge. He is the one going to deliver and we are going to be at war. How many of you are glad that one day our king of kings is coming in riding on a white white horse and we will ride with him and the Bible tells us we win I love that don't you but this day he's riding a donkey a donkey signified a lowly animal you see a donkey does not come into town fast it comes in real slow and when you ride a donkey that donkey signifies I'm coming in peace the prince of peace is riding the donkey, and the donkey is coming in slow and methodical. That's how the kingdom of God comes in. He is steady, he is sure, but he's coming. I love that. The first time he came, he came in peace. At the birth of Christ, they were saying, goodwill toward all men, peace on earth. And he came in peace that day in Jerusalem. And they were lining the streets and they were waving the palm branches. And they were shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna. Why? Because the Prince of Peace was bringing peace to Jerusalem. The same Prince of Peace that stood in Bethany and cried out to the tomb, Lazarus come forth, is now coming in. And all the common people got it. The rulers didn't. Those with position and titles didn't get it. But all the common people were lining the streets. John chapter 12, verses 12 and 13 says this. The next day the great crowd, we've talked about the great crowd, that had come for the festival, heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches, went out to meet him, shouting, say it with me, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. Come on, give him praise. He's coming.
Amen. Let's give him praise. Messiah is coming in. Hallelujah. Hosanna. Glory to God in the highest. Come on, let's give God praise this morning. He loves it when his people praise his holy name. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Today we've got to wave the palms of what? Victory. Victory. So many times we can get depressed and downhearted and we don't understand. He is come. The resurrection, the life, the joy. Hosanna. God, we pray, save us. God, we pray, help us. What a wonderful day to have been in the city, amen? Throwing the cloaks down, having everybody shouting and praising, festival atmosphere, and they were ready. They were ready for him to come. Today in our churches, it seems like we, we don't get excited about the presence of God. We don't get excited that we're going to his house and worship him. And we're here to do one thing. Hosanna! Doesn't matter how you feel that day. It doesn't matter what's going on in your life. Because we are crying out, God, help us. God, save us. And the word of God says that he will deliver us out of all our iniquities. So much excitement. And then. Changes. John chapter 12, verse 23 and following says this The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly, I tell you, so when he says that, he always pay attention about the next words to be said because these are so important. He said, Pay attention. Unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will lose it. Will anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it from the eternal life? Whoever serves me must follow me. And where I am, my servant also will be. Are you following Christ today? Are you where he is? My father will honor the one who serves me. And then he says this, my soul is troubled. What shall I say? Should I say, Father, save me from this hour? No. It was for this reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. What a lesson we can all learn. Whenever we begin to have hardships in our life, no, God has brought me to this place. Why? So that God can receive glory. Shall I ask God to deliver me out of all this? No. What I declare is God be glorified through all of this. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. And most people don't even read this part. How many of you know that whenever Jesus is about to go through something transitional, God speaks? He spoke at his baptism. He's speaking now. And a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it and will glorify it again. Hallelujah. Not only is God saying, I'm going to glorify this in Jesus' life. He's saying, I'm going to glorify it again when he's resurrected from the dead. And then I'm going to glorify it in your lives. People will see God's hand in your life and they will do what? Glorify your father. Glorify your father. The crowd that was there heard it and thought it had thundered. I love God. Everything God does is big. When he speaks It's as if the thunders have shaken the heavens. 
You know, I love the bass. I love the bass lines. I love the subwoofers on song. Can you imagine the bass you're going to get in heaven when God speaks? It's just going to shake your soul. It's going to move you without. Why? Because God is speaking. And the people that don't understand what's going on, they thought it was just thunder. Others said, no, an angel has spoken to him. Jesus said, this voice was for your benefit, not mine. God is giving them evidence upon evidence upon evidence that God is in control. Hallelujah. Now the prince of this world will be driven out. And when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people to myself. He said this to show the kind of death he was going to die. Jesus humbles himself in that moment. Everything's changed from worshiping Hosanna to now. It's beginning to now get real. He humbles himself. And he invites his disciples to a room that's been reserved. And he gets on the floor and he washes each one of their feet. I think I would be a little bit like Simon Peter. No, you're not washing my feet. He said, if I don't wash your feet... You will not have part of the kingdom of God. Simon Peter goes, hey, just don't wash my feet, man. Wash my whole body. He says, you don't need a bath. You just need your feet cleaned. Today, some of us, we don't need to get saved. We've just been walking around in the world a little while, and our feet have gotten dirty. And we need to get our feet cleaned up today. We need to get our hearts right, washed and cleaned in the blood of Jesus Christ. Why? So we can get back to that all intense, all heart, all soul, all magnification of God. Hosanna. Hosanna. He washes their feet and he tells them that one of the disciples will betray him. They're all looking around. Not any of us, Jesus. We all love you. We've walked the walk with you. We've seen all the miracles. We could not betray you. And Jesus said, one of you has already decided in their heart to do this. You see, we can't hide anything from God. Don't try to think you can do something and God won't know about it. Jesus didn't go with Judas. He didn't talk with them, but he knew what was going on. And then he said, another one of you disciples, you're going you're gonna, to... Disown me three times. And they're all looking around. No way. We love you. There is no way we would ever deny you three times. Not even once, much less three. And he said, yes, you will. Look at this. Mark 14, verse 22. While they were eating, Jesus took the bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take it, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them. And they all drank from it. This is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many, he said to them. Truly I tell you, in other words, I'm telling you the truth. I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until that day. I love it. That day. When I drink it new in the kingdom of God. Jesus was giving them something to remember him. He understood what it means to be human. He was born of flesh and blood. He emptied himself of all of his deity. Everything that he did on earth, he did empowered by the Holy Spirit. That means that everything he did, we have the potential of doing the same thing. 
Because the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, dwells in me. We've just got to get to the place of surrendering all to God. All. Not just pieces and parts. We've got to get to the place to where we don't betray Jesus. Pastor, we are all here on a Sunday morning. We're watching live stream. There is no way we would ever betray Jesus. Hmm. Pastor, we would never deny Jesus. Never? Maybe sometimes when you got a bunch of friends together and you know they don't go to church and, and they don't do this and they don't do that, have you ever kind of shrunk back in that moment? Kind of denying, isn't it? Simon Peter was asked by a damsel, aren't you one of those disciples? No, no, no. Ask again, I think I saw you the other day with Jesus. No, 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 it wasn't me. The third time, I I know it was you. I remember. You came up and said hi to me. I remember you. And he used profanity and said, I will never be a part of that. Yeah. I wonder how sometimes in our lives it is easy. It is very hard sometimes for us to stand up and not be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I've been tested in those moments with all my friends and they're all saying these jokes and they're all doing these things. How about you, Dwayne? What do I say in that moment? What do I do in that moment? Do I deny that I'm a Christian? Do I fall in with the coarse joking and all the profanities? And, hey, man, I just want to be accepted. I just want to be cool like you guys. Or do I stand there and go, wait a minute, guys. I'm not bringing any kind of judgment or condemnation. I'm just letting you know that's not the way I talk. I don't mean it any other way. And I just want you to know that that's not the way I think. That's not the way I act. Because guess what? I'm a disciple of Christ. I'm a Christ follower. And those who follow Christ are close to Christ. They are where Christ is. Jesus said, if you follow me, you will be where I am. Those 12 disciples, they followed him right there with him all the time. They were with Jesus. Wherever Jesus was, they were there. And today as disciples of Christ, we've got to make sure that God is not where we are, but we have to be where He is. I've seen so many people say, God bless what I'm doing. No, we need to pray, God let me do what you're blessing. Because it's not about the position in this life, it's about our condition in this life. It's not who you are as a person and a title is it will you join the crowds of common people? Will you join the crowds of those who are considered the rabble of society, the mobs that are there? Will you take your title and throw it away and say, hey, I just want to be where he is. I just want to be one that shouts, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. I just want to be in that crowd. Yeah. What did you do yesterday? Where did you go? I went to church. Really? Are you one of those? Yes, I am. I love you and I'd love for you to follow Christ too. Because you see, it's not just what I do, it's who I am. I am a Christ follower. 
But the problem today is do we remember? Will you join the great crowds or not? Not one of those people had the keys to the city, but they had the keys to the kingdom of heaven because he taught them how to pray. He said prayer is the key to the kingdom of God. Wow. Not one of them had notable renown, but every one of them were called children of God. I don't want any other titles. I just want to be known as a child of God. I want to, when I stand before him on that day, for him to say, welcome home, good and faithful servant. We're servants. I want to hear him say, come and enjoy the pleasures of heaven forever. I want to join around that marriage supper of the Lamb and take that cup and take that bread and know that he said, I will not take of it again until I take it on that day with all of you. I cannot wait till he stands up at the table and holds the bread and the cup and he said, did you remember me? Oh, yes, we did. Then let's partake together. I cannot wait until we finish the marriage supper of the Lamb and all of a sudden go out to the corrals and get our white horses. Now on earth... I cannot ride a horse, but I'm going to have a glorified body, and in heaven, I'm going to be able to ride a horse, and so will you, and we'll get our horses. They'll be saddled up and ready to go. We'll get on the white horses. Why? Because it's war. We're not playing anymore, and we'll come back to this earth riding white horses behind the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, whose robe has been dipped in the blood, hallelujah, and the sword, the word of God is coming out of his mouth. He's bringing judgment upon the earth, and the Bible says that when he touches the Mount of Olives, it will split, and we will begin to be in war. We get to watch him war, and he wins. Hallelujah. That's an entrance. That's an entrance. And people aren't going to say, well, I thought it was thunder. No. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And today in our society of canceling everything, on that day, I would love to see somebody and I'd say, did you cancel this? Can you cancel this? Because we are being attacked on every side for biblical values and biblical lifestyles. But we've got to stand up and not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We cannot be ashamed in the church. We've got to walk in here. And when somebody's not praising God, they've got to be the one. Well, everybody else praising God. When we walk in here, everybody, Hosanna, Hosanna. Why? I'm not ashamed. This is who I am. This is what I do. Yeah. If I go to a bowling alley, I'm bowling. If I go play golf, I'm golfing. If I go to the basketball arena, I'm jumping up and shouting. But when I walk into the house of God, that gets my best praise. That gets my best adoration. That gets all that I am with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. Everything I've got. Because I'm walking into the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And do we prepare for his presence today? Are you prepared? Are you going, well, i got to get there. I want to be up front. I want to get right there by the road. Maybe when he rides by, he'll high-five me. I don't know. I just want to get close. We do a lot of things to get close to a lot of Hollywood people in this world, don't we? Red carpets come out, the lights are flashing, and everybody's just trying to get close, get a glimpse, get a picture. This was more intense in the day of Jerusalem. Man, the crowds were there pressing in. Will you betray him for money today? 
Will you let money come between you and God and your adoration? See, Judas let that happen. After he had done it, after the betrayal was over, the Bible says he tried to give it back. You can't undo betrayal. The Bible says he went out and hanged himself. What a tragic end to somebody who had once been so close. Who had once eaten with Jesus, but he forgot who Jesus was. Are you prepared? Will you betray him? Will you deny him? What lengths will you go to to make sure everybody knows you are a Christ follower? You see, my wife and I through the years have not been invited to a lot of things because they know we're Christ followers. There have been times we've lost some really good friends because they knew we're not going to do what you're doing at this event. There's been times we've had to leave events, leave people, leave friendships. Why? Because there is nothing more important in our lives than our relationship with Jesus Christ. Nothing. Will you take your valuable possessions, those people placed their clothing in the streets. The disciples took off their cloaks and laid them on the donkey for Jesus to sit on. Are you willing to take all your valuable possessions, all of your houses, your cars, your boats, all those things, and say, you know what? It's nothing but something for you to come into my life on. Are we ready for that? Do we want to do that? You say, Pastor, why are you asking us these questions? Because these questions have been around for generations. The problem is sometimes we don't let those questions confront us. And I think we need to be confronted with our devotion to Jesus Christ. What is your level of adoration? Is it to place all your possessions at his feet? Is it to say, I will never deny you no matter what crowd I'm in? Will you remember him? Will you give him all your praise and all your glory? Because I want to tell you today, he's coming in peace into your life. He's the Prince of Peace. And he's coming in slowly and steady into your life. He's not going to come in like a grand entrance. He's not going to come in and destroy. No, no, he's coming in steady and slow. Will you receive him in peace? Because there will be a day to where he will no longer be filled with grace and mercy. And I've heard people tell me, and they've told me for years, well, pastor, in that moment, I'm a really good debater. In that moment, I'm going to be able to persuade him. And I said, you don't understand. He's going to be coming in judgment. No longer a moment for grace and mercy. If you want to see the judgment of God, just look in the Bible. Thousands at a time were destroyed because they did not serve him. The earth opened up and swallowed people. Snakes were put in. I'm just telling you. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the moment that grace and mercy is over, it's judgment. And the reason why I'm preaching this today is because I do not want one of you, not one, to not have the peace of God in your life. To not have the grace of God in your life. To not be ready for the entrance of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. The difference with Jerusalem and today is they knew 
when he is coming. He's come through Bethany. There's somebody five miles out. He's five miles out. Two miles out. He's here. As a pastor today, all I can tell you is he's coming soon. And the Bible tells us to keep your lamps trimmed and burning bright. There were ten virgins who were ready. No, only five were ready, five were not. But all ten knew. Today we know, we know he's coming. But we get weary in the waiting. Today I want to encourage you, wake up. Wake up, he's coming. Would you stand with me today? We've got to be ready for his entrance. He came the first time as a baby. This time he's coming as king, riding a white horse. We cannot be ashamed of him. We cannot be ashamed to be called a follower of Christ. We cannot be ashamed to offer up our praise. It doesn't matter what the person left or right of you is doing. It doesn't matter what anyone else is doing. Sometimes I know we're tempted in a crowd to look around and go, what is everybody else doing? It doesn't matter. What matters is your adoration to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Today those are going to help us with communion. Because Jesus said, I want you to remember what I'm doing for you. God thundered the heavens and said, I'm glorifying this and I will glorify it in your lives. And today I want you to hear the, the resonations of God's word to you. I will glorify you in the hard times. Why? So your father will be glorified through your life. You see, we don't live this life to receive glory. We live this life to give glory. And everything in our lives is glory to God. And so today, take the cup and take the bread and, and hold it. We, we believe that everyone who has received Christ in their life ought to remember this moment. And look forward to the moment when we sit together around the marriage supper of the Lamb. When Jesus stands up, as he did on that night in that upper room to his disciples, he says, this is my body. This is my blood. And when I am exalted, and he was talking about the cross, when I am exalted on that hill called Golgotha, the place of the skull, when I take that last breath and declare, it is finished. I want you to know, I will draw all men to me. No man can come to the Father unless he is drawn by God. If God is drawing, don't resist. Because there may be a moment where you want to be drawn, but he is not drawing you. I know, I don't want anyone to go through that moment. So today, take your bread, take your cup, hold it. They're going to lead us in a song. I want you to spend some time. Lord, am, am I betraying you in any way? Lord, am I remembering you? Have I denied you in any way? If so, Father, forgive me right now. Have I held on to pet possessions? Have I put money ahead of you? Have I put friendships ahead of you? Have I put anything in life ahead of you? If I am, sorry, God, please forgive me. Let's get our hearts right. Get our feet washed in the presence of God. Hallelujah.
Savior, I come, quiet my soul. Remember, remember, yes. Redemption's hailed where your blood was spilled. search our hearts to the cross because that's where everything changes everything changes today we have the bread hold it in your hand you have the cup hold it in your hand God has given us this example through his son Jesus Christ so we remember not only who he is and what he has done for us but how he has changed our lives from darkness to light from being in bondage to freedom, from having names that were no longer known by God to now God says, I know you, I have called you by name. Today we take the bread and we hold it up. And Father, I pray if there's anything in my heart, in my life, unpleasing to you, Father, forgive me and wash me. Lord, wash my feet. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness today. Forgive me of anything I've done. Forgive me of anything I should have done and did not do it. Lord, forgive me if I had a moment to proclaim you and I denied you. Father, forgive me. Father, forgive me if I've placed things and money ahead of you, possessions. God, forgive me. God, I pray today that, Lord, you wash Hallelujah. Wash not only my feet, but everything in me. God, I want to be pleasing in your sight today. 
I want to be able to gather by the mobs and the great crowd and, and, and gladly pro present Hosanna. I want to be a Christ follower. And I accept you as Lord and Savior. Let us eat the bread together. The same manner he took the cup and he said, this is my blood. They did not understand it yet, but he knew where he was going. He was going to be beaten. He was going to be given a trial that was mockery. He was going to hear the same crowd that one day hollered, Hosanna! The very few days later following, they would cry out, Give us Barabbas! He knew that he would have a disciple who would betray him for money and another one who would deny him. And he said, my heart is so troubled. He knew the pain and anguish he would go, but he said, I'm not going to cry out, Father, deliver me from it. I'm going to cry out, Father, glorify. Glorify through it. He shed his blood for us. They pierced his hands. They pierced his feet. They pierced his side and blood and water flowed for your and my salvation. What the blood of bulls and goats could not accomplish, his blood accomplished. He washes my sins away. Today, let's hold the cup and pray. Father, thank you for your son and his body. Thank you for the body that was symbolized by the bread, but also thank you for the blood that is symbolized by this cup. The blood flowed for me, for all my sins, for all the times I did not join that mob at the city streets, for all the times that I was spending not glorifying you, for all the times I spent denying you and betraying you, for all those times this blood was spilled so that I could still be forgiven. Thank you. Thank you for all of your grace and all of your mercy and they're brand new every morning. Thank you, Father, for that gift. And today I remember, I don't want to ever forget, and today I look forward to the day to sit at that table and to see you raise the cup. And I stand to my feet with my cup. And I hold it out. And I remember, and I thank you that you've given me a pattern to live by so that when I get there, I will know what to do. And with the thousands upon thousands, we will lift our cup and declare Hosanna. Glory to God in the highest. Let us drink together. God is here today. I want him to sing a song entitled The Healer. There's many different ways to be healed today, church. You can be healed in your body. You can be healed in your mind. You can be healed of the past that the enemy will not stop following you with. You can be healed of hurts that people have caused in your life. Whatever you need today, he is here.
omnipresent, omniscient, knows it all, but he's also omnipotent God. He is able to heal you whatever way you need it. Can we just lift our hands and worship for just a moment? Please lead us in this song. Hallelujah. You hold my every moment. You calm my way. Hallelujah. Let him heal your mind today. Let him heal those thoughts.
you lay all your possessions at his feet? Will you be ready to enter into the presence of the King of kings and the Lord of lords who's coming steadily into your life with peace? Hallelujah. Will you join the mob, the rabble of the city, the mobs, whatever they want to look. Maybe they call you whatever, it doesn't matter. I don't have the keys to the kingdom of the city, but I have the keys to the kingdom of God. I may not have the keys of the city, just the mayor does, but I've got the keys to heaven. Prayer. I may not be somebody in your eyes, but I'm a child of the King in His eyes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Hosanna. God save us. Hosanna. God help us. Hosanna. Hosanna. Can we get that key of C and I raise a hallelujah? I wasn't going to do this. I just feel, I feel something in my spirit today. Do you feel something inside of you rising up? I do. Let's just kind of lift this chorus up to God today. Raise a hallelujah. Can we do that? Hallelujah. In the, in presence. the presence of my enemy. Hallelujah. Get the enemy's face right there. I don't care what you say about it. I'll raise a hallelujah. 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 It's louder than yes. the unbelief. You got all the enemy whispering in your ears. Get louder. Hallelujah. I'll raise a hallelujah. It's a weapon. My weapon is a melody. The word of God sharper than a two-edged sword. Hallelujah. I'll raise Woo. a hallelujah. Love the storm. You're gonna hear me louder and louder. 
to God. Woo! Hallelujah. Man, I feel palms of victory in this house. I love palms of victory. Guess what you got right here? Palms. I love God gave us palms. Because that way we can give God Paul, a wave offering, amen, a wave offering, hallelujah. We're waving our palms at the King of kings and the Lord of lords who's given us victory. Conquerors you are, mighty men and women of valor, the children of the most high God. Hallelujah. You have been dipped in the blood of Jesus Christ and you are righteous and you are holy and you are mighty, hallelujah. Come on, I feel this praise rising up. Come on, hallelujah. Don't be ashamed. Let your praises rise up. Hallelujah. There's only one King of kings and Lord of lords. We sure hope you were blessed by Pastor Bardwell's message. Join us anytime at PCAChurch.com and every Sunday at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City.